Rohingya people need to be able to think, speak, and act without self-restraint. As an academic scientist, I have had the privilege of working with prescient giants in the field, such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Zev Zelenko, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, and Dr. Harvey Reich. This is America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome to my Liberty Hour. I am Dr. Paul Alexander. Hey, welcome to the America Out Loud talk radio show um, with uh, Dr. Paul Alexander's uh, Liberty Hour. And uh, it's sponsored by um, various, uh, various groups and organizations, but mainly this is the America Out Loud platform. We need to thank Malcolm. And uh, a lot of these, um, most of these, if not all of the, of the talk shows, Go to podcast the next day, Pandora, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. And uh, we are very grateful to this platform, as I keep saying, because we're in the era of work cancel culture where everything is being, uh, where the freedom of speech is being challenged and actually destroyed. Um, the America Out Loud platform gives us uh, freedom that, we, that has been taken away uh, in the, uh, the media um, arena at this point. And uh, us contrarian, skeptic scientists and doctors are probably the only ones bringing the actual truthful information to the public. I remind you quickly, my, uh, my blog is, um, my daily blog is, the title is, if you Google it's Alexander COVID News, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R. It's a space, then COVID, space, then news. And I've made it free to the public. You can... Um, you could access it and join for free and uh, put no paywall or restrictions on commenting so you could, you could join the discussion. Um, if you want to pay, there's a, other substacks charge 100 bucks a year, whatever. I charge just 29. Uh, if, if you want to join and pay to join, to subscribe, that would help me financially. You could also consider going to Zell, Z-E-L-L-E, and... Um, the email is sr7283 at gmail.com. So let me get going. You know, I comment on everything COVID as, a, as, a, as an academic scientist. I've been involved since the beginning. Um, well, you know, I worked in the Trump administration for President Trump, who I still support. I will do everything I can to get him back into the White House. And um, the reality about it is that I also comment on social, basically everything. So right now, you know, I'm looking at, the front page of a place like George. And you see the Republicans right now debating pitching the attorney general. I think they should have done that since as soon as they got control of the house. They should have been pitched Biden already, complete. And uh, it just demonstrates that we, we are involved in a uniparty. And the Republicans are no different than the Democrats. I, I actually argue but we should have not given the Republicans control of the heart. Because I think they will do so much a disaster that they will lose it in 2024, not get back to the Senate, and certainly not the White House. So that's the issue. I think had we not, and let the Democrats continue circling the drain, we'd have had a chance to get the House, Senate, and the White House in 24. Anyway, but I may be wrong, stand corrected. Let's see. So they're trying to impeach the Attorney General, that's top story. 
they're looking at some target the Justice Department in the January 6th probe. They will not end. This is just about trying to imprison Trump or maybe assassinate him. Because they know that he will win the election. And the only way to stop that is to imprison him. So you can't vote for him. I don't think you can vote for an imprisoned person or kill him. I think the latter is very, very possible in the America today. So, you know, there's a lot of stories about the heat and all of that. Just as you know, all this global warming uh, thing is, is just utter garbage. And the only real data we have about global warming is all of the data that these malfeasant, devious so-called scientists and media and governments have relied on um, mathematical models, man-made models, not real data. And as you know, the parameters of a model, the variables, the, what we call the predictor variables, you can manipulate the outcome, the outcome variable, which in the regression equation, let's say, is the y variable. You can manipulate that outcome variable by the inputs, the, the parameter inputs into the model. So you could build variables that you know will skew the output, and you could build variables that once you plug in data, will shape the y variable or the outcome. You remember in algebra, y is equal to mx plus, you know that, that um, x1 plus x2, and, and there's an error term and all that drama. We're not getting into all of that here, but, but you understand what I mean. And um, the only actual real data we've ever had was this, this um, if you remember, there was this uh, expedition in the Antarctic called Vostok, V-O-S-T-O-K, and um, it involved, I think, France, I think the then Soviet Union, Russia, and the United States. And what it was was drilling into the Earth deep down as far as they can go, and they went deep enough that they pulled out some, some cores, ice slivers, cylindrical slivers of ice, but deep, deep down. And um, they were able to carbon date and date you slice this ice into thin, thin, thin layers, where each layer probably represented some years of the Earth's atmosphere. Not probably, this is what it did. It, the atmosphere was frozen in the ice, the contents of the atmosphere. And once they sliced this up, they were able to, to create 500,000 years of Earth history from now backwards. So they could look at the atmosphere for 500,000 years in the past, from now. So it includes industrial evolution, the last revolution, the last 100 years or so where we discovered oil and made gasoline and we had all these buildings with smokestacks, manufacturing plants, etc. So they've included the last 100 years, which is now in 500,000 years of... Um, 500,000 years of data. And what have they found? Well, they have found that the last 500,000 years, the Earth has had about um, four or five cooling warming periods where the Earth goes into cycles every 110,000 years of a cooling warming cycle. And what that means is that, um, is that the Earth warms up then cools. 
cyclically every 100, 110,000 years. And what they found shockingly is that, <clears throat> is that it's not that carbon dioxide rises and then, you know, the greenhouse effect and then temperature rises. No, it's actually temperature rises and then carbon dioxide rises. Carbon dioxide rise succeeds temperature rise by about time, I think 800 years or so. So every 100, 110,000 years, and right now we're entering a cooling period, not a warming period. And it's, it's the reverse. It's actually shocking data that temperature in the earth rises and then carbon dioxide and, the, and similar with methane, etc. And uh, so it's, a, it's, it's real, real data of 500,000 years of its history that they have collected about the, the components of the atmosphere, atmospheric gases like carbon dioxide, oxygen, nitrogen, hydrogen, everything, methane, across time, where they have these slivers of ice that represent periods in time. And they can go by year, and they can go by 100-year periods, whatever. When you look at the last 100 years, it's just a little blip. In fact, we have periods that actually shows that that the temperature was much higher in the earth than today, and the temperature spikes, then carbon dioxide spikes. And they can't explain it right now. We, we're trying still to make sense of that data. But the fact of the matter is that that is data. And um, another thing I wanted to say, you know, these people in the media and these um, global warming nutbags, I call them, just a bunch of nutheads, um, egghead, ding-dong, stupid people, talking about every time we have a hurricane, oh, this is because of uh, global warming. That's a bunch of garbage, BS, garbage, made-up crap. Most hurricanes in the world, if not all, begin with, with, the, with the, um, the flow, the air currents that, that flow. I wanted to talk about COVID, but I started to talk about Hanging up on this Vostok, this global warming uh, lie, this, this global warming hoax. So just for your information, about 1988, again, I'm just saying there was a collaborative project between Russia, United States, and France. There was an ice drilling project. At, it was a Russian station, like a research facility in Vostok, in the East Antarctica. And it it allowed them to drill the deepest, I call it, the deepest hole ever recovered. I think they got about um, 12,000 feet with this ice core. And um, because what, and the reason why this project was so important is because the ice cores, this sliver of ice that goes down so deep, the, the ice entraps the air, the atmosphere directly and um, it freezes it. So over time, that permafrost or whatever you call it, as history unfolded for the last 500,000 years, shows that um, it just traps whatever was in the atmosphere for that era and just continuously traps it. And, and by pulling it out as a sliver, a long sliver of ice, they could then slice it up and, and, and study the content of that slice. And... Um, they could see changes in the atmospheric gas composition. And 
the reality is from what I have read, the preliminary data, because they're still trying to unpack it, is that that 500,000 years really exemplifies four climate change kind of cycles. Um, four climate change cycles um, with about 500,000, four to 500,000 years of ice. They argue that because air bubbles do not close at the surface of the ice sheet, but only near the, the fern ice transition, that's about 90 meters below the surface of Bostock, any of the air extracted from the ice is younger than the surrounding ice. So what they were able to show though over that period is that they could see the changes in carbon dioxide oxygen, all the other gases, um, as time goes by. And what they could find is that um, carbon dioxide increase lags behind Antarctica temperature increase, which is the most shocking thing by about 800 to 1,000 years. And that's what kind of stunned the global community. What I'm trying to say is that the actual data tells us that it's not carbon dioxide that increases and then the Earth's temperature. It is the Earth's temperature and then carbon dioxide. So I want you to pay attention to that. Um, right now, we are talking about uh, different issues, and one of them is the... Uh, a systematic review of all of the autopsy findings and deaths after COVID, after the COVID vaccine. And uh, there was about nine or 10 of our senior scientists. I think I mentioned this before. The bottom line is we put it on the Lancet Journal preprint server and requested academic scientific review from peer reviewers. The authors was at Husler, H-U-L-S-C-H-E-R, undergrad student, undergrad master student, help us put together the paper. But second author was myself, Dr. Paul Alexander, then Richard Ameling, Dr. Ameling, Dr. Heather Gessling, Dr. Roger Hawkinson, Dr. William Marcus, Dr. Harvey Reich, Dr. Mark Trozzi, and Dr. Peter McCullough was a senior scientist. And the, the key is that in this paper, <clears throat> what we were able to show is that um, we looked at the body of evidence of, of deaths post-vaccine and where autopsies could be done. And we had clean data from secondarily held published data already, all of the autopsy and necropsy reports up until May 18, 2023. Actually, that's the date of my birthday. Anyway, of the 678 studies, we settled on 325 actual autopsy cases and one necropsy case. Three physicians independently reviewed all the deaths and made decisions, you know, by, by, a, by agreement, chance corrected, CAFA, adjudication, etc. What was the findings? The most implicated organ system, but we found about 80 to 81 percent. Um, actually, you know, to 74 percent of the deaths in these autopsies could be linked. We could link them directly to the vaccine, of which 53 percent were. were, were um, associated with cardiovascular system, 17, the hematological system, 8% the respiratory, 
and multiple organ system, 7%. And um, the mean time from vaccine to death was about, the mean time from vaccine to death was about two weeks, 14.3 days exactly. Most deaths occurred within a week from the last vaccine administration. A total of 240 deaths were independently judged to be significantly due to the vaccine. And uh, this is a major problem. The problem here is that Lancet, after about 24 hours, pulled this paper, would not even let it go to academic review. And they just embargoed it, and that was it. It's done. This is an example of the type of um, censorship and canceling that we have faced. And this is what Lancet did to us today. And they embargoed. And uh, so we are trying to figure it out and move forward. But we've gotten, imagine, Normally, when you put up something on a preprint, you get about 10, 15 views. We've had hundreds of thousands, so it's actually worked in our favor by them trying to cancel it. But this, this paper by us, this review shows that the vaccine is strongly implicated in causing deaths, and we have the autopsy data. was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. So we ended segment one, and now we begin segment two. And what I, I, I wanted to touch on a range of topics today. And um, one of them uh, has to do with a flight, a question of, of a, um, pilot incapacitation and what is happening. 
And um, first of all, I want to comment that there's some chatter and talk about the, about the airline industry and the FAA considering planes using one pilot only. I say never. And this is because of pilot shortage. The airline industry, the idiots that they are for following along with the government, inept, incompetent morons with their COVID, the fraud COVID response, the airline industry laid off and fired a lot of good pilots who said no vaccine. So now they're short staff and now they, 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 they're trying all kinds of stuff, such as maybe one pilot planes. Remember, we have two engines at least on a plane, at least two, normally four, because of redundancy. A plane could technically fly with only one. If a plane, a jet is in the air with four engines and it loses three for different reasons, fire or whatever, one engine will fly the plane almost normally. It's made that way, just one. It's like you and your kidneys. You have two, but God made one for redundancy. You could survive 100% with only one kidney. And um, it can do the job 100%, no stress. But if you donated one kidney or lost a kidney, but let's say you donated and then that surviving kidney you had, the, 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 the leftover one, because of your lifestyle or whatever, disease got sick and, and was destroyed, then you're in trouble and you would need a kidney. That's why you have two. So if you lose one, you will have a second one already. The kidney is such a small little tiny organ, like a real kidney bean, but it has such a critical filtering um, job in the body that God gave you two. He didn't give you two hearts or two, well, he gave you two lungs, two lobes, but he gave you one brain, one heart, but two kidneys for a reason. It's a critical organ that if, if one dies, you need another right away. Um, same with a plane. It has redundant systems. The entire plane, to work a plane, every single system, every check, every, every process in a plane has a backup process. So that if in flight it fails, they have something waiting they can turn to. Engines is an example. One engine can fly the plane wherever, across the Atlantic, across the Pacific, wherever it needs to go. Anyway, um, flying with one pilot is an example of insanity because then the redundancy of the extra pilot in the cockpit and, and some massive long transatlantic flights, you need at least three. Sometimes those major big 777s, et cetera, that fly for 16, 20 hours need four pilots up there the main pilot and all of the co-pilots and, and first officers and all that drama. But that's there for redundancy. Now they're talking about one pilot only to fly commercial jets. How is that possible? What happens if that pilot becomes incapacitated? And it's happening now. So that, to me, I wrote a substack on my blog, Alexander COVID News, and this is not a fix for these morons. Yes. These psychopathic... These psychopathic... Um, people in the airline industry who fired the pilots and laid them off. No, what should be the move, what is imperative is that the airline industry mandate, just like how parents ensure that none of their children, especially their boy children, young boys, teenagers, because of silent myocarditis, take to the football field or the sports field and the girls, because the Basel, Switzerland, Mueller, 
study showed us that girls had about 40% of uh, myocardial lesions, almost 50-50, boys and girls, post-shot. So it's not just relegated to the boys. The issue is, before pilots take to the cockpit, we need to rule out myocarditis as often silent. We want to use the D-dimer test for blood clots, the high-sensitivity troponin test. If there's any heart attacks before and you didn't know, EKG, you want to do a chest MRI with, with gadolinum, chest MRI with gadolinum contrast. It's very critical. So you can rule out any, um, any damage because what happens is, like on the football field and like in the cockpit, this is a serious problem of the die suddenly, dying at dawn, dying in your sleep. Dying in your sleep is a real phenomenon. Many partners are waking up with their, with their loved one or their partner dead, laying next to them because their heart stopped, cardiac arrest, went into cardiac to atrial um, arrhythmia uh, during sleep. And, and with that arrhythmia, eventually um, cardiac death and um, cardiac arrest, and nobody knew. So you couldn't paddle the heart or shock it back. Um, so the issue is um, what is happening is, and they're even talking, these idiots in the airline industry, some fools actually floated out, well, instead of one pilot, what about no pilot? How about we fly the plane fully? Um, fully automated by the computer. What a bunch of insanity. Nobody will fly. Nobody will take a plane. You need a pilot, especially going up into the clouds and coming back down through the clouds. You need the pilot to fly the plane at that point. So I don't know where, they, where they're going with this. But anyway, um, the reality is these vaccines cause what we call myocarditis, which is inflammation of the heart muscle because of the spike protein, the spike protein sits on a transmembrane um, uh, receptors and the, and the immune system, you know, the killer lymphocytes, et cetera, attacks the spike because it's a foreign protein. That's a spike that is induced post-vaccine. It looks at it as foreign and therefore it attacks it as foreign, which is good. But the problem is they've made this, this transmembrane to sit on the outside surface of the cells that produce this spike protein so that the immune system could then take over and do its job, producing antibodies, blah, blah, blah. The problem is though that there's an immune response and the immune response to the spike is often inflammation and the killer lymphocytes, et cetera, attacks the spike protein. So it attacks the cells that the spike protein is attached to all of the tissues. So remember a bunch of cells comprise a tissue. So in other words, you have damage. You attack, your immune system is attacking you in trying to destroy the spike. It's trying to destroy the cells that the spike protein is sitting on or being produced in. And that's where the inflammation and the damage comes in. And it, and it damages the heart cells if that process is happening in heart cells and causes scarring. And that scarring cannot be reversed. So that's what we call silent myocarditis because many people can live, the heart compensates, remember, the, the heart beats by electrical conduction across the surface of the heart. And if a portion of the heart is scarred, the myocardial muscle, the, the, the electrical conduction that's coming cannot go, go along that scarred area because it's dead. It has no electrical conduction at that point. So it has to circumvent that. And it does with cardiac reserve, cardiac output, 
blah, blah, blah. And if, especially if it's a younger person, physiologically and anatomically, they are in good stead. But as you age, the silent myocarditis comes calling, the, the deficits that accrued. But more particularly, what we have is a situation where um, with the heart muscle scarred, normally when you're in a stress situation, an exertional situation like playing soccer or hockey on the field, so young people, especially athletic people running, runners. Um, if you have pilots in the cockpit flying, you're going through some rough weather, you're very stressed. You can't tell me that the pilots are not. They make you feel everything is fine. But until they circumvent and navigate that rough patch, it is a, it is a, a potentially catastrophic situation when they're coming down to land. So the most dangerous parts of a flight is once the plane takes the smooth air and which is cruising, it's very hard to bring a proper working plane down once it gets to cruising and everything is working. That, that plane could technically, if you could fuel it, mid-air, it could fly forever. But going through the clouds and coming down through the clouds is the problem. And the pilot has to fly the plane. What we're seeing, though, is that um, <clears throat> if, you, if that pilot has silent myocarditis, that means that pilot took the shots and they have scarred myocardium, they don't know because the symptoms are silent and they're just going about life. And then... Under the stress of the cockpit or um, playing on a football field, stress, stress causes this, the fight or flight mechanism. It causes a release of, of catecholamines, hormones, etc. stress hormones like cortisol, um, um, uh, adrenaline, epinephrine, norepinephrine, etc. into the bloodstream. So you could cope with the stressful situation and react if it is that you need your legs to, to help you run away from a, a, a dangerous situation. That's a fight or flight. Um, you have to shunt a lot of blood and a lot of nutrients and remove a lot of carbon dioxide and waste from the muscles in your legs. Um, the, the reality is your heart then has to beat faster and deeper. If the heart is not working properly and could cope with that demand on it for the fight or flight, <clears throat> What is happening is the adrenaline, et cetera, is being released on, onto a scarred myocardium. Electrical conduction was already anomalous, aberrant, not optimal. The heart seems unable to cope with that strain of the adrenaline onto a, a scarred heart, and it goes into irregular rhythmia um, tribulations, irregular beats, and then from there into um, cardiac arrest. So you're dead. Technically, you're dead. You know... The heart can stop and the brain could live eight to 10 minutes post. So you need to be defibrillated and heart shocked and CPR, etc. We are seeing the same situation at night when at dawn, from around 3 a.m. to about 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, we are seeing deaths occurring across the world, especially young people who are dying in their sleep at dawn. And we didn't understand it at first, but with some autopsies, we could try and pinpoint now that as you rise in the morning, your body physiologically releases adrenaline to increase the heart rate, lift the blood pressure, lift the body temperature, because you are waking up. It has to do these things. And once adrenaline gets released to do these things into the blood, remember, bathing that adrenaline on a scarred heart, that heart is put under strain, even while you sleep. Because the, the, the heart rate, et cetera, the, 
your blood pressure is being increased while you sleep to help you wake, to rise. And that pressure on the scarred myocardium causes atrial uh, irregular beats and cardiac arrest. And often we have partners waking with their partner dead because they didn't know the heart stopped. And that 10 minute window, while the brain still lived, didn't capitalize on it, didn't massage and give CPR and the person just remained dead. And then the brain died at 10 minutes post heart stoppage. Damar Hamlin, the NFL player from Buffalo died on that field. They gave him CPR for 10 minutes and his heart started back. But he was already technically dead. They brought him back to life with medical intervention of shocking the heart. And, and here's the issue. <clears throat> for those airlines now to talk about one pilot plane or no pilot plane, it's a catastrophic situation that's going to cause a lot of deaths. Planes are going to fall from the sky. We are seeing now that unless the airline industry mandates testing of pilots before they enter the cockpit or testing of bus drivers, school bus drivers who are taking students, multiple students. These are the high-risk situations because there are many, many patrons involved. They are transporting a lot of people. A commercial plane or two will fall. I am telling you it will crash with three, 400 people on board. Sorry to say it because no one is taking this seriously. And we are seeing already we have about 10 to 15 pilot incapacitations across the world just as the plane was taking off just as it landed and the co-pilot was able to manage the situation. We have about four pilots who died in flight. The co-pilots were able to take over the plane. And we also have this small Cessna 2006, I think, Piper that just crashed, I think, in Massachusetts by Martha's Vineyard where the passenger had to take, it didn't crash, the passenger had to take over the plane because the pilot became incapacitated. So this is happening routinely now, and no one seems to be taking it serious. But <clears throat> that's why you need more than one pilot in the cockpit. So it's a very serious situation. And I wanted to talk about, I was talking about global warming, and I, don't, and, and I ended up on these um, plane crashes. But the bottom line is the whole global warming thing is a fiasco and a money grab and a fraud. We have no clear evidence that global warming is real. I just explained to you the Vostok, V-O-S-T-O-K. Take time and read. The Vostok ice core samples of 500,000 years of Earth's history, atmospheric history, shows that it's not carbon dioxide that increases the drives, greenhouse effect, and then temperature. It is the Earth's temperature that increases, and then carbon dioxide, the complete opposite. I'm also telling you that most hurricanes in the world start on the, on, in, in Africa because of that flow, that the, the, the winds that are coming across, I would say, east, um, west, headed towards west. They're going to cross, let's say, the Atlantic. <clears throat> These winds, from my own reading, and, and I'm not a climatologist, I'm not a geography specialist, but I've read enough to understand they pass over that, that country called the Cape Verde, some islands there, the Cape Verde Islands, etc., that are very mountainous, and the air flows over the Sahara Desert. That Sahara Desert, I mean, technically what I'm saying is if you remove the Sahara Desert from the earth, like if you could pave it, if you could remove it, 
you could technically stop all the hurricanes in the world because it's that air that flows over the Sahara, hot, dry air, then moving over the, the uh, Cape Verde Islands. It, it begins to beat up and, and, and becomes disorganized. And it's right there that that little disorganized air takes up a little pattern and starts its trek across the Atlantic. Once it hits open ocean, it begins picking up moisture. And it's the moisture that starts feeding this little, little disturbance just off of Cape Verde. And that little disturbance starts taking on a little shape. Might form a little eye, but still fragmented and small and non-consequential. If that little disturbance continues across the Atlantic, that's when the eye forms properly and the storm enlarges, and that's when it begins to grow. Most, 99% of hurricanes begin exactly how I just told you. And because of the spin of the earth towards the poles, the pull is towards the poles. That is why as it's coming across the Atlantic at about the level of South America, that wind pattern with the, with the hurricanes in it, the, the growing hurricanes begin to get pulled northwards, okay? Westerly and northwards. And that pull is what shifts it from heading towards South America and begins to put it in a direction part towards the Caribbean, the Southern Caribbean, and then pulls even more often to the tip of Florida. And that's why most of the hurricanes hit the eastern seaboard, the lower eastern seaboard, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, as you move up. And sometimes if the pull was not enough, when the hurricane was big enough, it would miss the lower tip of Florida and go around into the Gulf. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back to the third session of uh, America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is Dr. Paul Alexander. 
Liberty Hour. Um, once again, thanks, thanks to Malcolm and his team behind the scenes. And uh, for this segment, I want to touch on some key, key stories out there that I think we should talk about. Um, I raise a question. Don't forget my, uh, my blog, Substack, Alexander COVID News. It's free. Please uh, subscribe. And um, you will find you will get a lot of COVID information daily. Uh, multiple uh, submissions. You, you can be a free subscriber. Um, you could also join if you want. Please support me at Zell, Z-E-L-L-E. My the email is sr, S as in Sam, R as in Robert, 7283 at gmail.com. Um, anyway, was COVID a premeditated evil assault on populations, freedoms on America, principally to bring her to heal? Was it van designed to instill fear and panic? Yes, 100%. That's my view. And I want governments in the United States at all levels to start looking at Fauci, Burks, Walensky, Ashish Jha, um, Drew Wiseman, the inventor of mRNA technology for the vaccine, Carico, Caitlin Carico, Bula, Albert Bula from Pfizer, um, Sahin Ocean, Sahin from BioNTech, Stefan Bansel from Moderna, Alex Cesar, Barrett, Gazak, all of them. All of the inventors of the mRNA technology, all. Bring them all into investigations, try them, put them in proper tri tribunals. And if they show that what they did was above board and they did nothing deliberate, well, then we let them free. If we show with proper judges, proper trials, proper deliberation, legal, with all sides having fair defense, proper, good governance, and we show that they caused death by the policies, the COVID policies from from lockdowns to school closures, to business closures, to vaccine, to everything. Then we take all of their money. We strip them, we strip everything. We take whatever their family has, we take it back. And we imprison many of them. And if the judge, if a judge with a jury says they cause deaths, real deaths directly, especially with the vaccine, and the judge says place the death penalty on the table, I would say place the death penalty on the table and do not be afraid to hang these people. If judges and juries and proper legal entities fairly examine them and their actions and decide that the death penalty is in order, I say place it on the table and hang them. Don't be afraid. In America, we're gonna to have to get used to high level people being held to account. Okay, and that means if you need, if you need to face the penal system harshly, then you're gonna to have to. I wanna talk about another story I saw and um, I wanted to opine on it for a minute. Fox ran it on some other news. Um, it has to do with right now under Lloyd, the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. Um, they have this policy right now where um, biological female military recruits in the army, the, the Navy, the whatever, they have to shower with full male trans women. Now, is Darth Vader Lloyd Austin insane? Is he a crazy man to be the Secretary of Defense and have real women, legitimate women, showering with men? These transgender men have penises. These are men. They will only rape these poor female recruits. Right now, there's a story about an 18-year-old recruit who was forced to shower with these biological males who identify as females. What the hell is wrong with America right now with, with, in their military? We have, we have jihadists and Islamists in, 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 in Islam, Muslim nations, plotting to cut off the heads of people 
We have people in, 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 in East Block countries. We have people coming up in, in from South America, Honduras, El Salvador, Mexico, bringing fentanyl, killing all people. We have rapists and murderers amongst them, Sicario. We have all of that. Barra Salva, Chutra, MS-13, brutal, savage people. <clears throat> and Biden and they worried about transgender crap, have males who want to be females bathing with female soldiers. This is only a recipe for rape and pedophilia. Something is wrong with the government in the United States right now to bring this transgender crap to the military. We have countries like China and they trying to, to defeat America and we worrying about bathrooms. This is in a hell of a lot of trouble right now. Um, I want to ask the viewers something. Who else besides President Trump that you could see as president right now in the White House? Tell me. Write me in my substack, Alexander COVID News. Comment, because I put a blog on this. Tell me who else you have in mind. Let's debate openly. You could comment. No charge. Because I see no one else capable to drive the dramatic changes needed after Biden, Inc. destroy America in the next year and a half. You know, you may not like 45, quote strong. He might be boorish, crass, insensitive, whatever you want to call it. A player, a womanizer, lost demons like Kennedy, loved the woman. But it's not about that right now. It is about who could fix the destruction. I don't care about having a lovable personality or not. Think carefully. Actually, 45 is cleaner than most of those people in Congress. And he cleaner than most of the judges right now who are trying to put him in jail. I fear right now that they're either going to imprison Trump or assassinate him. I think these um, inspector attorney general in New York and this other idiot in Miami, they have Trump coming daily to these hearings, near daily. You can't have a president of the United States in that kind of situation because not even the Secret Service, as potent as they are and as controlled and bulletproof, they can't lock down all those tall buildings in New York every time Trump have to come there to see this idiot, Latisha. I believe they want him assassinated. I'm very, very concerned. I want to talk about another story. Annabelle Ham, 22-year-old YouTuber, Annabelle Ham. Annabelle Ham, dead at 22. How? Why? Died suddenly. Suddenly. So in this era of died suddenly, you die not dawn. We have so many seemingly healthy people dying suddenly. Right? So we can ask. We can ask why. I want to say that um, until you give me a vaccine status and you rule out vaccine, until you show me and you rule out myocarditis, silent myocarditis, then I say you have to put vaccine on the table because it's likely this person at 22 was one of those who took two, three, four shots and died from cardiac arrest, either brain bleed, aneurysm, etc. So the family or the media or her doctors must tell the public her vaccine started. We need to know whether an autopsy is done, the results, whether myocarditis damaged her heart, and it's due to the vaccine. We need to know all of these things before we conclude. Because we're living in an era of COVID and the COVID vaccine. And the COVID vaccine, the COVID vaccine has done a lot of damage. And, uh, and uh, we cannot just 
We cannot just be fooled and lulled into a sense of complacency. We need this information so we can inform the public for their own decision-making. This is tragic, no doubt. But we have too many young people suffering from harms due to the vaccine, getting silent myocarditis with scarred myocardium. That's, that's heart musculature. And then with surging adrenaline, flooding the myocardium and driving irregular beats and cardiac arrest. Did this play out here? When would we know? Look, you need to understand that uh, once again, I will say it. The COVID vaccine should have been pulled from the market a year and a half ago. We had enough safety signals and data. We had enough to tell us that this was a catastrophic failure. The vaccine was in, in negative effect in this territory and harms were piling up. So we had a vaccine that was not sterilizing the virus. That means it didn't stop infection, replication, or transmission. It wasn't neutralizing the virus, the, the target antigen. So it failed. What it was doing was putting the antigen under enough pressure, Darwinian natural selection pressure, that it will evolve. And we underestimated the evolutionary capacity of this virus to evolve to the selection pressure we were placing on it. Pressure from the lockdowns, pressure from the school closure, pressure from the mass. That was pressure on the virus, and the virus responded by evolving, evolving to a more infectious and potentially more lethal version of itself. So the reality about it is that we pushed a vaccine that failed and has evolved dangerously. Yet in failing, we have the vaccine also chalking up a lot of harms. We have tremendous harms due to the shot. And um, the key issue is the spike protein that's induced by the vaccine. The spike protein is an endothelial pathogen. That means it damages the inner lining of the, of the vasculature the endothelial layer and the glycocalyx. It damages it and it causes the immune system, the killer lymphocytes, to hit the cells, the tapestry of the cells and scrape at them and trying to eliminate them, destroy them. That causes bleeding and clotting and there's a very terrible condition called vaccine-induced thrombotic, thrombocytopenic purpura. And uh, you're bleeding and clotting all at once. It's a very paradoxical situation, but a very serious situation. So is this a situation of that? What we know also is that, is that because of the spike protein, the immune system is damaging the heart muscle and scarring it. That heart muscle is not functioning anymore. And uh, when you engage in activity and adrenaline floods and surges in, across that damaged heart, um, it's too much strain. It places too much strain on the heart and, and it induces irregular arrhythmia. Um, probably the atrium begins beating irregularly and it spreads across the heart, ending in cardiac arrest and death. And that's the key. Did this person, Annabelle, die from cardiac arrest? Did she die from cardiac arrest? Um, this is a very serious question and one that we cannot take simply. We have to be very, very serious with it and be willing to um, <clears throat> be willing to examine it. Um, <clears throat> I want to ask another, um, another question, which is that we're not just seeing this situation where people dying suddenly in life. We have a situation where people dying in the sleep. We call that dying at dawn. And the same thing, when you rise, there's a flood of adrenaline into the blood 
the adrenaline, epinephrine, norepinephrine, epinephrine, etc., functioning to, to help you rise and um, lifting blood pressure and pulse and temperature and everything. That surge of adrenaline on the scarred myocardium puts too much strain and can cause cardiac arrest. So, you know, um, we have to look seriously at, at these dying or dawn, dying in your sleep, dying suddenly phenomenon and, and, and place the vaccine at the center of it. I want to shift to a story I saw on Drudge about is Putin reasonable. I asked the question, Putin made a statement. If Ukraine, Ukraine uses cluster bombs on him, he will use cluster bombs on them. Look, it's my view that, that Putin could have pulverized the UN, pulverized the Ukraine six months ago if he wanted to. We have to be very thankful to Putin. I don't like Putin. Putin is not my friend. I don't admire him. I sleep with one eye open next to Putin. But what I'm saying is, we know now that this is not really a war between Russia and Ukraine. This is a war between Russia and the United States for true Ukraine. We have to be careful and thankful that Putin has not made this a nuclear war and destroyed the world six months ago. He could have. We have to be thankful that he's a very patient person. Because America, through the Biden administration and neocons and neolibs, have a direct hand right now in this war. They're furnishing weapons, all sorts of stuff. So they're at war with Russia. Why, why has Putin not declared war with the United States yet? I don't know. Of course, I will pick up arms and fight for America. I have no interest in a Russia. None. But what, what we are doing is wrong. What Ukraine, Ukraine is one of the most corrupt nations in the world corrupted, filthy nations and filthy leaders between Nigeria and Ukraine. I don't know which one was. And some of the government in, in, in the island that I came from, Trinidad and Tobago, corrupt, filthy, criminal people. Why would we shed blood and treasure in Ukraine, American blood and treasure? Why? I'm not interested. I wouldn't shed one tear for them. This is Europe's fever to sweat for, not ours. That's why I want Trump back in the White House. First minute of swearing in. Remove all U.S. involvement, all financial support, not one dollar. In fact, get back everything and have not one. We know of 14 this is special operators in Ukraine that are American. That's soldiers. America is in that war. We need to go to bed every night and kneel down and thank God that Putin hasn't dropped nuclear bombs on Ukraine and cinderized it already. I've been blunt. You know, I like to talk bluntly. So I've been blunt. <clears throat> I want to discuss another story that I think is very important. And um, it has to do with, uh, before I close off this segment, you know, it, it, it has to do with uh, this, um, this, uh, this story about this transgender swimmer, you know, Leah Thomas, the man with a penis who pretends to be a woman and entering all those women swimming races and defeating them and taking the, the, the statues and claiming him to be the best woman swimmer. I mean, he needs some licks up in his nuts. This is a hard back man with a penis. I look at him as a potential rapist in those women showers, you know, and they have a photo with him with, an Antifa logo on his shirt, and he's claiming to be a, an Antifa super soldier. First of all, 
layer best understand Antifa is a terrorist outfit. So if that's the kind of company he wants to keep, he best be very careful. Because with a Trump back in the White House, Antifa going to be disbanded. And that's all I'm going to tell you. Um, let me uh, take the opportunity <clears throat> to end this segment by thanking Malcolm and the America Outlaw, Outlaw Talk Radio platform. Remember, my, uh, my, my talk shows like today will go to podcast tomorrow on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, the iHeartRadio network, um, we have to give praise and support Malcolm any which way you can. Remember my substack is Alexander COVID News, my blog, Alexander Space COVID Space News. Remember my book, you can get it at Amazon and then Barnes and Noble, Presidential Takedown, where I discuss how Fauci books, the deep state, the swamp legacy media, Hollywood, academia, academic scientists, medical doctors, CDC, NIH, FDA, NIAID, HHS, including Trump's pick is uh, how they conspire to topple him. Trump is not in the White House today because of what they did with the election and the mail-in ballots and the fraud and the corruption. So they toppled the sitting president. And um, the reality about it is I'm very close in the Trump administration. And uh, I'm talking to the people right now. I will be getting to President Trump to get him to come forward and to really articulate the damage of the lockdowns and the vaccine. That he is coming forward. He is. He's a, he, he, he understands the danger and what has been done. The question is just getting him there, and I believe he will shortly. The scientists, none of them can defeat him. He is what we need for a second term like him or not, he needs to go in and tear up Washington and, and tear up the bureaucratic deep state. Thank you very much. <laughs>